Audio Essay 003 The Cultural Short Squeeze Wall Street Bets has done more to unite the alienated, has done more to coalesce the two symbolic, amorphic populist energies in this country than any liberal activist prescription in the past five to six years. They've done more to reveal our speculative and house of cards-like economy. And in doing so, embarrass oligarchical interests by leveraging their own game against them. They went in and dealt an actual blow to market hegemony to the tune of $70 billion in what is one of the largest wealth transfers from the oligarch class, the Billy class as I like to call it, to Main Street folk on the hills of a year that saw another ridiculously large wealth transfer, this time from the mid to low class to the oligarchic and the technocratic class as arbitrary lockdowns, uprisings, and the virus gripped the country. Without getting too deep, in a display of actual individual will collectivize, Wall Street bets led by Roaring Kitty, deep fucking value on Reddit, and influenced heavily by game, gaming culture, saved GameStop from the speculative and manipulative forces of the board game Stock Exchange by essentially coordinating via various social media platforms, with the subreddit Wall Street Bets being the main meeting ground, to purchase GameStop stock in the face of speculative shorts by major market players in the hedge funds of Wall Street. Now, when you short a, when you short a stock, it's a speculation, essentially a bet, but a bet that this company will devalue into bankruptcy. And what hedge funds and economists do is publish research reports and thesis for this speculation. But on the flip side, there are, as I understand it, longs, which are typical investment with favorable thesis, as in it's speculated to or is currently doing well in the market. Hedge funds, through market hegemony and influential ties, can use their outsized power to manipulate the market through various means of publishing, whether it be market research or talking head spot on their favorite finance network. So if a company is at $4 a share, which is what GameStop appeared to be at at some point, hedge funds can short it, betting that the stock will devalue to zero. And in, and in the event such occurs, make a profit. But that's not what occurred. Instead, Roaring Kitty was engaged in a months-long stalk of GameStop and took notice of these shorts. As mentioned before, hedge funds can publish reports and research that list their findings and precisely why they believe in their short position. And just like Redditors, many hedge funds can coordinate to essentially tank a company through market panic manipulations, effectively realizing their short prophecies. This is where Wall Street bets took cue from, and in doing so, hustled the hustler. Melvin Capital amongst those owned. With the help of some opportune elites with democratic sensibilities engaging in some intra-class warfare to own their longtime hedge fund rivals and some other opportune Wall Street actors, the coalition led by Roaring Kitty and Reddit sent the value of the stock to the moon, effectively bringing hedge fund giant Melvin Capital to its knees. 
All of this effectively prompted the board game's administrators in the form of exchange platforms like Robinhood and other brokerages to step in and cease the buying of all GameStop stocks and other respective stocks like AMC and Nokia, who were somehow linked to the memeing of the GameStop long thesis, effectively capping its increase in value, allowing short sellers to buy out. Now, such is, the, such is the extent of my stock and economic understanding, but this event did so much to reveal the rig game that is our economic system and the extent of centralized power and influence in decaying institutions. It kickstarted an immune response that saw platforms like Reddit and Discord spring into action, with Discord taking Wall Street Bet's server down citing hate speech. All of this occurred in domino fashion with, as mentioned earlier, exchange platforms seizing buying, Melvin Capital receiving a sweetheart bailout from, he from a hedge fund that conveniently benefits off the mining of data from free exchange platforms like Robinhood. Since the capital event, all of this has been transparent, continuing apace the disrobing of institutional authority across the country. Neo-journalism will have you believe these are white supremacists or the Scrooge of the alt-right or those deplorables or domestic terrorists. The more tepid characterizations will be finance bros or Wall Street 4chan or the like. All of these miss the target and are outsider simplifications of something they don't understand but desperately want proximity to as all of these people Content creators alike have literal careers speaking about, bashing, or just flat out aping these types of people. But reality is such that gaming culture has usurped music as the driving force of youth culture in the country, as per Sean Monaghan of The Guardian in his latest. I'm of this notion. Here, you have creative alienated and transgressive force, forces catching rent seekers with their pants on the ground, projecting largely the aesthetics of stream culture, gaming culture, and obscure internet elite or base form culture with Wojak at its center. The culture jammers no longer emit from the left of culture. As the biggest parallel of the transgressive force emitted from the punks, the bohemians, hip hop, is this amalgamated force of games, streams, meme culture, and trolling aesthetics wrapped chaotically in the era's alienation. Wall Street Bets is an excess of such, compounded with the class resentment born from the 2008 financial crisis. Gamergate, the 2014 culture war flashpoint, saw gamers of this subculture serve as the first line of defense for games against, to my observation, the first real instance of neo-journalism's chasms with ethics. This subculture is effective at coalescing and transcending the superficial elements of the era, such as identity, political affiliation, nationality, and the like, and actually dealing real damage to the establishment power. They're scapegoated in the press as white supremacists, domestic terrorists, misogynistic harassers, and the like. All of this is the product of establishment powers thwarting and suppressing a real class threat.
Which which brings me to my wider point. At the very least, this demographic of of individuals have a real knack for dispelling the delusions of neoliberalism. They're effective at jamming it and forcing it to make mistakes and reveal its incompetence. Such is sacrilege to pious elites who sneer imperviousness and who believe their place in life as society's overlords is a right. Because us peons, us deplorables, know no better. But the peons are waking up to the emperor having no clothes and seem poised to fill, to fill the vacuum left by no real organizing working class movement in the states that transcends. Earlier last week, I posted this frustrated mulling to my Instagram story. There's nothing more infuriating than liberal self-congratulatory circle jerks and pats on the back as they usher in a gerontocrat with his kleptocratic cronies in tow, poised to solidify his alliance with multinational techno-fascists as he prepares for an internal war against domestic terrorism and white supremacy, his new inflated myths of leverage. Even got the old global war machine revving day one, with Trojan horse legislation on the way. But yas, bitch, Kamala was wearing Pierre Moss. <laughs> but what I failed to include entirely was a more pointed scrutinization. Quote, similarly, there's nothing more infuriating than the Afro-Marxist condescending tone. With their microwaved aesthetics of dissonance past and shoddy myopic takes on our current moment that they scalp from Fanon or Marx to reappropriate and feed the conflict economy and the business model of division. The activist aesthetics of the regressive left and their respective resentment ideologies are no longer useful. They're archaic and bankrupt, anemic in diagnosing the realities we actually face. The aesthetics are easily co-opted, absorbed, and instrumentalized. They're reinforcing to the establishment. There's a reason why Nike isn't aping Eat the Rich or Joe Biden isn't delivering an address against oligarchic power and influence. It's time to come to grips with how myopic and narrow the isms are and how usefully divisive they've become to monopolies. The state possesses uncanny proficiency in redirecting the class frustration that gets seduced by the regressive resentment ideologies and their respective projects. And one of the ways this emerges in culture, I believe, is big corporations and establishment politicians and their useful tools in wider culture shilling the conventions of counterculture. But the nature of counterculture or subculture or the obscure, really, is that it moves when it becomes a thing. In an era where the reject is worn as a costume, the actual rejects are demonized. Actual dissent is thwarted. Gamers may have ultimately come up short in keeping the disingenuous and unethical model of neo-journalism inside the bottle, as the machine is still using the same disingenuous, divisive, and unethical tactics to smear this demographic whenever they bring their counterculture to the forefront. But they're doing a lot of the legwork to shift culture and consciousness to the future. Wall Street Bets, to me, was more about the scrooge of centralized power and cultural hegemony. In a country with many movements vying for the opportunity to fill both vacuums with their respective movement and ideology, 
these folks just want to return power back to the people, which, which is why Bitcoin was at its center. And the core takeaway from this shouldn't be buzzword, decolonize. It should be decentralize. Because we know how that actually looks in the world. Fact of the matter is, in the backdrop of this event is the considerable devaluing of the dollar, more inflation, and more printing from the Fed. No gatekeepers, no pseudo institutions that house yuppies, no cliques that engage in class warfare under the guise of racial solidarity, no to the formulaic, no cronies, starved for beauty, starved for authenticity, starved for transcendence. Welcome to the Cultural Short Screeze by Crypto.